What's up, everybody? This is the specifist. Um, so I want to uh, flesh out this topic that I talk about sometimes of looking intentionally looking for the opposite thing. Because I find this one to be the most balancing thing that I've ever been able to do. Um, and I want to show you how to do this. It is kind of a complex. It's not really complex to do this, but it can be some, one of those things where you can kind of, uh, you know, it's one thing to be told, oh, the, the key to be balanced is to look at it, the opposite thing that you believe in and that you're in love with or whatever it is. And we'll get into examples of this. But like, how do you actually do this? So I want to kind of go into that in an episode, in this episode, if possible, um, because this, to me, is one of the most balancing things you can do for yourself is to literally just look for the opposite thing. So, what do I mean by look at the opposite? thing the opposite end of the spectrum whatever you want to call it so basically the idea is let's say you think to yourself like oh it would be nice to get a cat and you cats are so cute or whatever when looking at the opposite thing when it comes to the cats you might I think what I'm talking about is looking at dogs, but no, what I'm talking about is looking at things that might make the cats not so cute. Um, yet like realizing that you have to clean up the poop, the pee, um, you know, some, uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's our cats or just cats in general, but I noticed that they puke way more than they like, than dogs do. Um, things like this to keep in mind when looking at these kinds of things because the truth of the matter is is that when you're looking at these animals they're often pressing your fantasy buttons this is a term that i kind of invented it's a really good term because it's really what's going on here when people talk about pushing your buttons having to do with like generating like negative emotions like hatred or rage or whatever it is. In this case, they're pushing the buttons, but in the opposite direction, in a so-called positive way. Um, you know, people think that positive emotions are generally better than negative ones. Um, well, in some ways that's true, and in a lot of ways it's it's not necessarily it's not false necessarily, but it's not necessarily true either because. Positive, positive emotions can create a sense of positivity where there is none or they can press your fantasy buttons when it comes to a cute cat or a kitty or whatever not realizing that you know cats can scratch they can fight you especially if you get more than one you know whatever it is um, and so positives can also influence you strongly towards the positive thing whatever that is um, so positivity is not necessarily better than negativity as far as that goes.
Uh, and so that's what that basically means is looking at the opposite spectrum. Uh, it doesn't mean that you agree with the opposite spectrum. It just means that you're looking to see like, oh, what would the opposite point be? What would the opposite metric or understanding be? Whatever that is. And the opposite is directly related to this topic. It isn't, you know, necessarily an, an against argument like for climate change or against climate change. It could be, but it could also be more like for climate change versus the consequences caused by climate change. Policies in certain governments and nations and things like this. So it's not necessarily going to be like again a for or against model. Um, that'd be the simplest form. It'd be more like for would be like the positive, and against or the or the opposite spectrum would be the negative the consequences of the for of the thing that you're for, right? Um, whatever that might be. And so in the case of a cat, you know, you're, you're looking, you're looking at the positives like, oh, it's a cute thing to pet. It's a cute thing to meow at me or whatever. But you're not seeing, you know, the, the possible negatives of, oh, he might scratch my couch up or he might pee on my couch or whatever it is. Um, or he might not even like me petting him. Not, not all cats are social animals. Some are. It depends, and, and honestly, it, it's one of those things where they have to get comfortable with you first, but a lot of people don't realize that when they get animals, and they think that a cat's just going to be cute automatically, right? Um... And of course, the, the cat could grow up and be a really big cat and be a really big problem. Um, because, you know, male cats mark their territory with pee and things like this. And so, like, if your cat is not fixed or whatever, that can cause all kinds of problems for you, for your neighborhood, things like this, right? Um... It's actually really interesting. I read this. Um, I've actually been. I've actually come across this a couple times where it's basically talked about how cats are actually an invasive species because there's so many of them. Um, it's really interesting to contemplate that because it definitely is the opposite of the idea that cats are cute and it's a cute cat to pet and this kind of thing. It might be a cute thing to pet until you realize there's like 10 or 20 of them in your neighborhood. You don't really know what's going on there. Um, so the opposite is not always going to be an against thing. Like left versus right, Trump versus Biden, whatever it is. 
but more about the consequences of this thing. The consequences of Trump's rhetoric is more rhetoric. It's, it's more violent speech. I've talked about this idea of violent speech. I want to do an episode on this as well. Um, and so looking at the opposites to me is one of the most balancing things you can actually learn how to do. You know, you're basic you're basically going against your natural impulse, your natural instinct to like this thing or dislike this thing. It doesn't have to be about positive things. It can also be about negative things like, oh, this person is annoying. He's doing this to me or this group of people are assholes because they did this at one point in time or whatever it is. Not seeing the spiral when it comes to spiral dynamics involved in that situation and things like this. There are things to contemplate around this. And so the basic idea is not to get you to believe the opposite point or to make you believe that cats are not cute or whatever it is. It's to help you to reach a more balanced conclusion, a more balanced decision when it comes to this. So, and you can do this with positive or negative emotions. People think that um, we have this idea in society that says that positive emotions are actually better than negative emotions. But in some ways, they're actually not. Truth is that positive emotions are. Um, one of the ways in which our fantasy buttons get pushed in the, the most and the most, the most uh, uh, unaware that we become uh, it's actually with negative emotions that we become more aware, believe it or not. It's, it's really interesting. Some interesting uh, things I've read about this, about how like people who have more negative emotions are able to actually give more accurate statements to the police, police and stuff like this. It's very interesting and true. It wouldn't surprise me because there's more of like a sense of awareness that you can kind of get with the negative emotions. But um, And so positive emotions can often t- time to lead to less awareness. Um, because like I've said before in other episodes in the past, you know, if, if you're happy, if you're peaceful, why change anything? Why become aware? Why self-develop? Why you know, all this kind of stuff? You know, there's no real need to. You're already happy. All, all, you, all that awareness that you're trying to do is to you get to a place that you think is happiness or peace or whatever it is. Um... That's not really why I do it. That's not really what... I, maybe I should do an episode on that as well because that would be a good one to do. But that's not really why I, I do it. I do it because it's important to become aware of these aspects before they become problems. Um, not necessarily because I'm trying to become peaceful or happy or whatever, but that can be the mindset of people. Um, and so, yeah, like we can do this with positive emotions as well. Not to say that negative emotions are better or that positive emotions are bad, but we're basically just looking at the balance. Like, oh, well, with positive emotions, our fantasy buttons can get pressed pressed more often with like things like love and uh, connection and groups. 
uh, you know, I've talked about mom mentality and, and this kind of thing in the past with different episodes that I've done um, that you can find on the podcast. If you look at, you know, look far back, you'll see them. They're not that far back, actually. They should be like a couple of months ago. I did a couple. I did one. Uh, I'm, I thought about doing a deeper update on this one, but we'll see how that goes. Um, and so, yeah, like positive emotions are not necessarily better or more uh, awakened as an uh, uh, than other emotions. They're not more useful. They're not better. They're more, not more even positive in some ways. In some ways, they're actually more negative, believe it or not, because if you're in a positive state of mind, uh, things could be going on around you that are actually kind of dangerous to you and, and causing you problems, but you're not aware of it because you're very positive, you're very dreamlike, and and so like things could be going on around you, you could be taken advantage of in your life because you are very positive or whatever, and so because of that you end up in a situation where you are taken advantage of, you are unaware of some of the problems of, you know, person, like a good example of this as well is love. Love is, love is, it's, it's funny to me how many people talk about how important it is to love and kindness and all that stuff. But we're talking specifically, we'll get into that in a minute as well. But we're talking here specifically about, you know, romantic love. Love is... What's interesting about that is that oftentimes that blinds you to darker elements of somebody until it's too late, until something happens and boom, you're like, oh my God, I thought this person was such a sweet guy or whatever. Now he's turning crazy on me or whatever. It's like, no, the signs were there. You just weren't aware of it because you were stuck in that positive emotion, that positive state. And so the ability to look at the opposites and go like, oh, um, this is not necessarily going to be true. I have to like look to see what's actually going on and this kind of thing is important because it helps to bring balance to these overly positive emotions. You know, if you if you were overly happy all the time, you would never really be able to, you, you wouldn't really w want to become aware. You would, you would have no need to become aware. Um, you know, there's, there's been times in the past, long times, long time ago, um, when I believed in this bullshit idea of it called enlightenment, people talk about where I was in such a sort of stable state at the time that I was like, I don't really need any more understandings or insights or whatever. And, uh, you know, basically just stop looking at all that stuff. And uh, a couple of weeks later or a couple of days later or whatever, something happened and I went back down, like what happened, you know? What happened was I got stuck in the positive and I didn't see that the positive was causing problems because I was, it was, I was less aware in the positive states. So unlike what spiritual people will tell you, positive is not necessarily better than negative in that sense. Uh, kindness is another example that I think of as well. You could be kind to people to such a degree to where you end up burnt out, you end up being, uh, uh, drained of energy because you're doing all these nice things for people all over the world and whatever 
so to such an extent that you leave your own needs out, you leave your own emotions out of the equation, and you end up burning out quicker than you would if if you were to just leave leave, uh, leave your put your needs into that mix at, at the very least, if not putting them first, you know this kind of thing. Uh. Because it sounds nice and sounds beautiful to be kind and to be loving in this way that spiritual people talk about. Like, oh, agape love and and kindness. But it's like, is that actually true? Maybe, sometimes. I think it absolutely is important to do. But the problem is that if it's unbalanced by no boundaries or... Because people think it's spiritual to be kind, right? And so to be spiritual and to have that spiritual feeling that you are actually spiritual, they become kind, they stay kind, and they are unable at that point to actually really like... um, deal with... The problems that come up when when conflicts happen, they just kind of shut down or they kind of like tune out or whatever and try to get back into that kind space once again, not realizing what that does to them. And so they could be taken advantage of in that space. They could be uh, in a situation where they get drained because they're kind to all these people without taking their own needs into account as much as possible and things like this. It doesn't mean that you you be selfish. I'm not telling you to go to the opposite points when I'm telling you to look at the opposite uh, spectrum, into this spectrum. I'm telling you to look at the opposite end of the spectrum to find balance between both spectrums. Um, right? Like, so if we're talking about climate change and, and policies of climate change, I'm, and I tell you about all the problems caused by policies of climate change, I'm not telling you climate change is bad. I'm just telling you that climate change policies can be very imbalanced because they're not taking in real life into account. They're very idealistic. They're very stuck in uh, this save the world mentality that doesn't necessarily help the world as much as they think it does. This thing, this kind of thing, right? Um, and so it's not about one over another. It's about one with another. Basically trying to see why this point of this understanding can be unbalanced or whatever it is. Which is kind of what Pyrrhonism is. Pyrrhonism is about looking at opposite points from where you are at and trying to see the validity of those opposite points and not getting stuck in those opposite points but seeing the validity in those opposite points therefore collapsing your belief in those other points bringing you back into kind of center and to kind of balance into kind of harmony and peace within your own body, within your own mind, this kind of thing, right? Um, And so the point of doing this is not to make you disagree with your your former ideas, your former ideals, your former ideals or whatever it is, that you subscribe to as, as, a, as belief systems. It's to get you to become more balanced with these belief systems, these ideas, these understandings, whatever they are. Because oftentimes what is missing from 
a lot of discussion, especially political discussion, especially these days, is balance. Most people within politics are imbalanced. They're either too far left or they're too far right. They're not really moderate. People, Even the people who claim that they're moderate aren't actually that moderate. They're... Um, they're moderate, but they're kind of leaning more towards the right, uh, if not actually um, politically, than with news sources and things like this, because they don't trust the left's news sources anymore, right? Things like this. Um, and so it's not about going to the opposite point and staying there as a belief in an ideology. It's about using the opposite points and spectrums to kind of slow down your own ideology uh, and to kind of bring a balance to the ideology that you have, the belief systems that you have, uh, to kind of get you to see sh- more shades of gray and less black and white, basically. It's fucking powerful, actually, to do this. It's not necessarily the most simplest thing to do, but it's fucking powerful to do because if you're able to kind of do this, what you notice is that these black and whites... They seem so accurate. They seem so useful at the time. But what you start realizing, it, it, uh, the more you start doing this, is that these black and whites are the major causes of all these problems that you're seeing everywhere. The, uh, the black and white thinking when it comes to race, when it comes to left wing versus right wing, when it comes to climate tra- change versus climate deniers, there's, there's no real you know, nuanced discussion about like, well... There are problems with climate change uh, activism. There's problems with climate change policies and government. We can talk about that, but not be climate change deniers. There's, there's nuance here. But oftentimes, we get stuck in these black and white ideas. Same with pro-vaxxer and anti-vaxxer in the same ways. Like, there could be some validity to what anti-vaxxers say. I don't agree. I don't believe that there is that much validity, but there could be some validity there, right? Uh, and so I'm not here to say, believe the opposite thing that you believe. I'm here to get you to a place where you're going into things with more nuance, more understanding, more perspective. Um, where what you have currently is, and, and you know, if you are not doing this, is less perspective, less nuance, less of an ability to balance, less of an ability to see from a distance as well, which is kind of a, a really important thing to kind of really develop if you want to reach tier two in spiral dynamics uh you know spiral dynamic stages yellow and turquoise this is um, a very important ability to learn how to see from a distance um and to also balance the opposite like this as well that we're talking about um where as normally what would happen is like if, if somebody was coming from a conservative worldview and they started realizing that conservative worldview has been misleading them all their lives. And the Bible has been misleading them all the stuff like this. What would ha- end up happening is they would change directly to the liberal view, worldview in, in seconds, right? Or if not completely, then very, very close to it. And they wouldn't really l- try to find any nuance between the conservative and liberal p- viewpoints. A lot, of, a lot of this happened as well when Trump got into power. People kind of went from the left some people were like in the left and they voted for obama and then it ended up voting for trump right wing but because they were 
now anti-left wing. It was it was their mission to be anti-left wing in this way. And so there was a, a lot of that happening as well. This is why I'm not really a big populist fan because, I mean, I used to be kind of into the populism a little bit. I used to kind of dabble with that ideas and with the ideas of populism, but I've really come to understand that populism is not as uh, useful as it originally seems. <laughs> That's a deeper episode. That might be like a, a mindful politics episode that I do on my YouTube channel or something because it would be interesting to do. But uh, yeah, this is kind of like where I differ from a lot of people because most people in politics, what they would do is they would go into one side and they would stay to that one side viewpoint. Um, even if they're not, you know, there are people that I've actually seen that are on like YouTube and stuff like this who are actually, you know, pretty mainstream left as far as like political views are concerned, but kind of listen more to the right wing media and kind of buy into the like right wing media because they are anti the current left and anti, you know, things that are, you know, anti some of the newer left wing stuff that's been going on. And I'm not pro a lot of those things either, but I'm not anti-left-wing, and I'm not, but I'm not pro-right-wing because of that. <laughs> That's the basic difference. Um, is is that you can be one without being the other, and that's really what I want you to kind of end with, uh, end up doing for yourself. Um, I mean, if you don't want to do that, that's one thing, but at least you're aware that you don't want to do that, right? Uh, now you're you're given the, the ability to become aware. Now you're aware. Oh, this is this is a possibility. This is something that I can do. I don't really want to do this, but I can do this if I really wanted to do this. Um, so you might be like, well, I mean, this sounds wonderful and everything, David. But like, why would I want actually want to do this? What's the point of doing this? Uh, and so that's an interesting question, right? important question as well and the answer to me there's a couple of points i think they're very valid for this number one is it helps you to avoid a lot of this rage and anger that we're kind of dealing with in politics politics are very toxic and very rage inducing for people now because it's it's kind of tribal and so you kind of can avoid a lot of this by just learning how to see the opposites without getting stuck in the opposites uh um, and this is not about specifics even really for the most part. We can get get into that as well. But this is kind of very general and um, can be done in very general ways without getting into the weeds of different political discussions and, and this kind of stuff. Right? This that's the reason number one, you can help it can help you to become you know, it, it helps you to avoid a lot of this rage state. That you can get involved in with people and, and belief systems and stuff that you can end up and and not just in politics but also with other things as well with other people that you might be dealing with and things like this um you know that doesn't necessarily mean that you will never have a moment where you're not like pro or against something but you're pro or against something for specific and legitimate reasons and you're not doing it because of rage or hate or whatever um Right, that's, that's reason number one. Less less emotion overwhelm, less emotional problems in this way. Um, number two is balance. Now, I've already, I've already talked about balance, but like, 
what this basically means and refers to is the ability to literally see from from any distance. You can see very far away. You can see very far ahead uh, in time and actions to see what's going to happen once you kind of develop this and once you've done this for a long period of time uh, of seeing the opposites and look at the opposites without getting stuck in the opposites or getting stuck in your current position, whatever it is. The more you're able to do that, the more you're able to see in a distance and see where a decision is going to lead you and you become more balanced, you become able to become more detached from worldviews and things like this. You may still have beliefs and worldviews and understandings and stuff like this, but it's a, lo a lot more mental and it's a lot less emotional in this way. Um, you know, less stress in that way, less struggle in this way, you know, things like this, right? Um, and because you're able to do this easier, it leads, leads to reason number three, which is awareness. You become more and more aware of the problems with certain, certain ideas, which helps you to avoid certain pitfalls that others would not be able to see in front of them because they're they're stuck in the present, they're stuck in the past, or they're stuck in the looking at this particular worldview over other worldviews or this particular emotion over others and whatever it is. Um, you're able to kind of avoid that by avoid those certain <laughs> pitfalls caused by this by just looking at the opposites and, and trying to see the points and validity of the opposite points without getting stuck in those opposite points, right? Um, you can start to understand people better. You, you, there's more of like an ability to have more compassion for why people are doing what they're doing, things like this. By doing this as well, you know, the more, the less understanding you are of somebody, the more, the less you're actually doing this. Basically, um, well, there's there's other reasons as why, but that's one of them. Especially when it comes to ideas. Uh. <sighs> and so I could give you like a bunch of examples. Uh, I've already given you a couple examples now to kind of get you started with what this looks like. But now it's on you. It's on whether you want to do this or not. Uh, you know, once you once you kind of get started with this, I don't know what, what it is. If, if I don't, It might just be me, but it, it, it definitely is a freeing kind of energy by doing this. Because... Now you're no longer trapped by one worldview over another. Now you're able to kind of see the points and values of one worldview and you're not going to get stuck in that one worldview over the other worldview and all this kind of stuff. And so it's very freeing to be able to switch between different worldviews in this way. It's very freeing to decide to not become dogmatic and not become stuck in my way is the highway. This is black and white thinking, and this is you are the with or so against this kind of thinking because that doesn't really help you. It doesn't really help the people around you, and it definitely doesn't people help the people who are against you because they're basically going to do the exact same thing that you're doing in that situation. So it helps in that way as well. So, anyways, 
Hope you enjoy this episode. Next one.